An anti-Semitic attacker yelled Kanye 2024 while committing the attack. And we are going to talk about what happened. And importantly, this is not about Kanye being legally responsible for the attack or anything like it. This is about realizing that when high profile celebrities like Kanye West make anti-Semitic comments, it contributes to normalizing and accepting anti-Semitism in society. That's the point that we are making here. Let's go to The Washington Post article. Attacker yells Kanye 2024 during anti-Semitic assault, police say. NYPD is investigating an alleged attack in Central Park this week in which a man in his mid 40s assaulted a 63 year old man and spewed anti-Semitic comments before yelling out Kanye 2024, of course, a reference to Kanye's anti-Semitic rhetoric. The older man was walking in Central Park about 730 p.m. Wednesday when the other man allegedly hit him from behind, according to police. When the older man fell to the ground, he broke his hand and chipped a tooth. The attacker then uttered numerous anti-Semitic comments towards the man, according to police, before the attacker fled on a bicycle with a trailer featuring a sign reading hungry, disabled. Police say he referenced the artist formerly known as Kanye West, who has issued several anti-Semitic tirades, saying Kanye 2024. 63 year old man has not been publicly identified. Anti-Semitic attacks in the U.S. are at an all time high. So when high profile individuals make statements, or they engage in behaviors that are perceived as anti-Semitic or that are anti-Semitic. It can give the impression that this type of bigotry is acceptable and mainstream. And in fact, when it comes specifically to anti-Semitism, it's very popular. It's very in vogue to say we don't even really need to treat it as seriously as other isms because Jews are privileged in 2022. We've talked about that extensively, and we've talked about how that very refrain is in and of itself based on anti-Semitic tropes and stereotypes. But this is why it's not as simple as many of the emails I get from some of you lovely people who say it doesn't matter that Kanye's anti-Semitic. Fine, maybe he's anti-Semitic. Some people email me and they say the stuff Kanye Kanye saying is true. OK, there's people who recognize, yes, these are anti-Semitic tropes, but it doesn't matter. Just Kanye doesn't matter. It's a vicious circle, in fact, and it matters very much. The use of anti-Semitic language or imagery by celebrities fuels the spread of that very misinformation and those conspiracy theories and and tropes, which then in the followers of these celebrities creates a new cycle of emboldening and furthering and exacerbating those very beliefs, which only creates more of it. It's a vicious circle. And we've seen many examples of this. It's not only Kanye. I mean, listen, we can go back to Henry Ford if you really want to. But without going back that far, Mel Gibson in 2006, Mel Gibson had this incident where he was arrested drunk driving and he made a bunch of anti-Semitic statements to the officer. He said to the guy, are you a Jew? Crazy. But I believe the officer was Jewish, which is just I mean, that's another whole incredible coincidence uh, saying the Jews are responsible for the wars in the world and all this stuff. And You know, he eventually apologized. And I think Mel Gibson's acting again. I don't know. But at the time, it created a lot of this. Mel Gibson's willing to say stuff. A lot of people in Hollywood aren't willing to say Louis Farrakhan. We've talked about many times before. He's the leader of the Nation of Islam. Very long history of anti-Semitic statements. Blame the Jews for 9-11. Typical stuff. Jews are actually the ones in control of the government. That type of thing. Um, He has a significant following. And there are lots of folks in the nation of Islam who maybe don't come in with particular views about Jews, but they're they end up informed by Louis Farrakhan. And then you have a whole new generation of people who repeat the same stuff. Um, And Ice Cube had an incident. Rapper Ice Cube uh, promoted some conspiracy theories about Jews on social media, uh, claimed Jews are responsible for the slave trade, which isn't true. And he um, responded by saying, I'm not promoting anti-Semitism. I'm raising questions about the history of slavery, questions that are very extensively answered by by history. So it's a vicious circle of stuff. The vicious circle itself perpetuates the belief and then it creates more of a problem. And anti-Semitism, like other forms of bigotry, is often based on negative stereotypes and prejudices about Jews 
the prejudices themselves make it easier for people to believe the conspiracy theories. And even if there's no evidence to support them, it's a feedback loop. It's like if you put a microphone up to a speaker and then, it, you know, a feedback loop. There are also psychological factors because research has found that people are more likely to believe conspiracy theories when they're feeling anxious or uncertain in a time of crisis or change. They become more susceptible to believing this stuff. And we have a right wing party in the United States, the Republican Party, that for a decade now has been based on using fear and making people afraid that they're going to lose their way of life or their lives or whatever. Uh, and that actually primes people to be even more likely to fall for this stuff in the first place. So the full circle of the Kanye anti-Semitism, and we'll follow up on the story probably on a forthcoming bonus show. This is absolutely fascinating. The right wing Wall Street Journal, part of News Corporation owned by Rupert Murdoch, has put out an op ed indicating that although Republicans will be taking control of the House in just a few weeks, they are too dim witted, essentially too stupid to wield power. This is super interesting, not because someone wrote Republicans are kind of dim. Most of us knew that, but because the right wing editorial board of The Wall Street Journal wrote it. Republican Party masochists writes the editorial board on uh, Friday. Republican division and disarray on Capitol Hill bode ill for the next Congress. And the entire article is worth reading, but there is a particular article that is interesting. Um, I'll actually start with the paragraph before their main demand is so self-defeating talking about Republicans here. Their main demand is so self-defeating. It could have come from Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The dissenters want Kevin McCarthy to concede that any member could call the chair vacant and insist on a vote to replace the sitting speaker. In order to get the votes to become speaker, McCarthy is supposed to weaken himself so much that he wouldn't be able to govern as speaker. Yet a narrow Republican majority of only 222 to 213 requires a leader who can enforce party discipline. That's how Nancy Pelosi has been able to govern with the mirror image majority in the last two years. Too many House Republicans are too dim witted to understand the uses of power and how to wield it. They'd rather rage against the machine to no useful effect. I don't care who wrote this, and it happens to be the right wing Wall Street Journal editorial board. It's completely correct and accurate as an assessment of the Republican Party right now. They are so obsessed with rage and anger and fear that they care more about perpetuating, oh, we're, we're going to take down McCarthy. Our focus will be to go after Hunter Biden or to impeach Joe Biden, even if we don't know why. And we're going to make people afraid of the immigrants that Joe Biden's letting in, even though there's really no significant changes to immigration policy from Biden since Trump. This is what it's all about. The rage is what many of the modern MAGA Trumpists used rage and fear to get elected in the first place. Last week, we talked about reactionary populism, many of them using reactionary populism, which includes making people angry and making people afraid. That's why they don't have plans or policies. That's why they are totally lacking in policy and a policy platform beyond just stop the Democrats from doing uh, what they want to do or what they would like to do. They were the angry opposition to what was happening in power, Democrats for a while. Now they're going to be in office. They're going to control the House of Representatives. The outrage is all that they have. And so that rage, this is the correct answer. We've seen it for so long now among these people and many of them. And I've spent time in parts of the country where this is the case. They grew up in a church. I spent time in rural northern or rural, as some like to say, I don't say it that way, rural northern Indiana. And people basically go to two places. They go to church and they go to a shooting range. Those are places where you become angry and you become afraid. You're filled with hate, rage and anger. And you see it firsthand in a lot of these conservative places. And they use fear of immigrants. Members of the Republican Party say 
it, the dangerous immigrants are going to come in. You've got to be afraid of them. So we need nativist immigration policy. We certainly need guns to protect ourselves from them, ignoring the reality that both uh, uh, naturalized legal and undocumented immigrants both are less likely to commit crime in the United States than natural born citizens. And it makes sense if you know your status is not legal or you have legal status, but you still see yourself as someone who came here later, you would probably go out of your way to avoid criminality and interactions with police widely documented. But yet fear of immigrants, it's in the church. It's part of the narrative around why people need guns grievances over perceived injustices. The right loves to say it's the left that does grievance politics. Actually, it's the right. It's the right. Black Lives Matter movement is bad and discriminatory and terrible, and we have a grievance against them and we must fight them. Antifa. I could go on and on. Uh, the, the, the free speech rights that are being taken away from us, which really aren't being taken away. Uh, and then, of course, the use of divisive rhetoric for its own sake. Um, protect American values, defend the Constitution, defend and restore free speech, things that are meaningless if you follow the facts on the ground, but that they use to drive these politics. So I believe the Wall Street editorial board is right. These Republicans will be taking control of the House, but they are too dim witted to really understand how to wield power. This is a good thing for the left to the extent that they end up just chasing their tails, talking about Hunter Biden for two years and hopefully accomplishing nothing. And maybe Democrats can get a couple of things done while Republicans are busy trying to impeach Joe Biden. Donald Trump is now panicking about the increasingly likely scenario in which his tax returns leak. He spent the overnight on his platform Truth Social, Truth Central. call it whatever you want, uh, complaining and telling lies. Let's back up just a little bit. There's two things going on simultaneously. Later today, the January 6th committee is expected to announce uh, which criminal referrals are they sending to the Department of Justice. Trump may be on that list. We don't yet know. That's number one. Separately, the House Ways and Means Committee has finally obtained Donald Trump's tax returns. Trump spent years trying to keep them secret for a guy with nothing to hide. I haven't seen so much money spent trying to keep those tax returns secret. Trump is now worried that the tax returns are going to leak. And he clearly is worried, I believe, because he thinks that the subject, the content of those tax returns would be bad for him. So he goes on Truth Central last night, 10, 11 midnight, and he starts, quote, the highly partisan unselect committee is illegally leaking confidential info to anyone that will listen. Adam Shifty Schiff is all over TV talking about capital C criminal referrals, just like he was on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, which turned out to be the con of the century. How much longer are Republicans and American patriots in general going to allow this to happen? These are the capital C criminals who spied on my campaign, cheated on the Capitol E election, lied to FISA court in Congress. They are sick. Trump then when Trump starts these rants, it's often like, OK, what's this? What's this about? What triggered this? His next post exposes what this is all about. Trump says, quote, you can't learn much from tax returns, but it is illegal to release them if they are not yours. Trump worried about his tax returns being released. It's also not true that you can't learn much from tax returns. Tax experts have said you might be able to glean from tax returns that Trump's not as wealthy as he claims to be, that he has debts to shady figures that might have him compromised, that he is engaged in tax fraud and a number of other things. Trump continuing, quote, all of the so-called experts who think that they know so much about my very successful private company actually know almost nothing. It is a great company with lots of cash and some of the greatest assets anywhere in the capital W world and very little debt, also strong on deductions and depreciation. You will be seeing these numbers soon. Where have we heard that from before? But not all from my tax returns, which show relatively little. Everyone will be impressed, but the fake news media will not be happy. So against their narrative. Is anybody still falling for the we're going to release the documents very soon thing? I mean, that's been going on for almost eight years at this point. Trump continuing the real criminals are the people who were destroying our once great capital C country and Trump closing it off. Election interference by the FBI and Twitter was massive and determinative. How sad. Of course, that's not true. But when in doubt, go back to, I guess, what's been working for you which is claim you really won 
more than two years ago. Oh boy. If the tax returns leak, this guy is going to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And I look forward to it. I would never encourage anyone to commit a crime or leak anything. But if the tax returns leak, it's going to be quite a scene. Folks, this Friday, we are doing something we have never done before. Friday, December 23rd. Yes, we're doing a membership special. It's the last membership special of the year. But here's the incredible thing we are doing. Your first month's payment of this discounted membership will be donated by us to a charity that they don't run it through this huge, complex process where at the end of the day, 45 cents on the dollar get to the people we're trying to help. We are going to be donating the first months of everybody's membership uh, this Friday when you use a special coupon code to a charity that sends cash to people who need it. And we're talking people who really need it, people living on a dollar a day two two dollars a day. OK, in addition, the money is going to be doubled. Now, I can't say exactly through which charity, because if I did, it creates a marketing situation where a contract, it's just complicated. So what we've been told to do is, David, just promote it this way. And then on Friday, you can announce what you're doing with the money once you already have it. OK, so that it's for legal reasons. We're doing it that way. How do you get notified about all of this? This is unbelievable. You will get a membership at a discount and that discounted payment will go to people who need it and be doubled. We've never done something like this before. I want it to be really successful. Get on my mailing list at davidpackman.com. Top right of the website, you'll see a place you can type in your email. You do need to know your email address for that to work. Friday morning, you'll get an email telling you here's the coupon code. Every payment going to be donated and it will be doubled. It will be matched dollar for dollar up to the first $15,000, which I think is going to be more than enough for, for, for our purposes. I'll talk more about it. We'll take a quick break and be back with much more from the news of the weekend. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD, giving you 20 percent off when you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman. Unlike other companies using these cheap synthetic cannabinoids, Sunset Lake CBD extracts natural CBD oil from hemp grown on their family farm outside Burlington, Vermont. Sunset Lake CBD believes this transparent farm to table approach is the best way to spread the benefits of CBD. But don't just take their word for it. A certified third party lab tests every product to ensure accurate dosing. You can easily view the results yourself at sunsetlakecbd.com. Just click on the quality tests tab. A lot of people report CBD being useful for things like insomnia, stress, pain. Producer Pat uses Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. He loves them. I've had their CBD coffee. It's excellent. They also have oils, flour, topicals. Maybe you've been thinking of giving CBD a try. Sunset Lake is where you want to go. They support the David Pakman show. They're socially responsible as a company. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use code Pacman for 20% off your entire order. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Plastic is everywhere we look and not enough is being done about it. One hundred billion plastic bags are used and thrown away every year. But you can help make a change. Our sponsor, Hold On, makes trash and kitchen bags that are heavy duty, plant based, non toxic and 100 percent home compostable, which means they break down in weeks rather than decades. They don't fill up our landfills. They don't pollute our oceans. Their zip seal kitchen bags come in sandwich or gallon bag sizes to fit your needs. And the best part about hold on bags is they work. I use them at home. They're just as good as all of the name brand bags. You fill them up. They stretch and they don't break. 
Everybody uses trash bags and freezer bags. If you care about the planet, you can do something by using hold on bags instead. And it's a really easy way to do your part. Go shop plant based bags to replace single use plastics all over your home. You'll save 20% when you go to holdonbags.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. There is evidence to criminally charge the failed former president, Donald Trump, says Adam Schiff, member of the January 6th committee. We have video of Adam Schiff explaining I've seen the evidence. There is evidence that Donald Trump committed criminal offenses in his effort to overturn the 2020 election. Now, Adam Schiff has previously said things like we have the evidence that will put Don Jr. Uh, in prison or at least get him charged. And it appears as though he was wrong about that. So Adam Schiff is no panacea. But we are within hours right now of the January 6th committee making criminal referrals. We don't yet know who's going to be on that list. And you have Adam Schiff saying the following. Let's take a listen and then discuss what discuss. Well, what could be those charges? Uh, I think that the evidence is there that Donald Trump committed uh, criminal offenses in connection with his efforts to overturn the election um, and viewing it uh, as a former prosecutor. Um, I think there's sufficient evidence to to charge the president. Wow. Get a I conviction now? Well, I don't know what the Justice Department has. I do know what's in the public record. Uh, the evidence seems pretty plain to me. Uh, but I would want to see the full body of evidence uh, if I were in the prosecutor's shoes to make a decision. But, uh, uh, you know, this is someone who uh, in multiple ways uh, tried to pressure state officials to find votes that didn't exist. Uh, this is someone who uh, tried to interfere with a joint session, uh, even inciting a mob to attack the Capitol. True. Um, if that's not criminal, then, uh, then I don't know what it is. So let's take this seriously and think it through. Let's not speak in general terms about this. According to the investigation by the January 6th committee, there's evidence that Trump committed crimes. That's what Adam Schiff is telling us. And we've heard it from others. The committee did find that Trump made false statements about the results of the 2020 election insofar as he claimed that he won, even though he lost. And then he used those false statements to encourage his followers to challenge the results. In so doing, he encouraged the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, which about a million of us on our stream watched live on that day. The evidence against Trump includes his own words, which the committee has looked at extensively, the actions of those who participated in the attacks and their claims that they were there because Trump told them to go. Trump made repeated claims that the election was stolen from him. He made false claims that it was stolen in particular ways, none of which were found to be mer uh, uh, have any merit. He urged his supporters to, quote, never give up, to never concede, to fight like hell, to march to the Capitol to show support for him. In addition to Trump's public words, we have evidence of the planning and the coordination and the behind the scenes of this plan that was drafted up for Trump for Mike Pence to Again, at this point, we don't even really understand what he was supposed to do, quote, send it back to the states or recognize alternate electors, all things that he couldn't do. But there was planning. There was legal work that went into that. And we have other individuals that were involved who were caught on video discussing the plan, discussing how to disrupt the election results. And some were even seeing uh, wearing tactical gear and, and some of them even had weapons. So this was all a major plan. If Donald Trump were to be charged in connection with the attack from what happened on January 6th, the possible consequences could include fines, imprisonment or both. And we'll talk about the prison piece a little later. Glenn Kirshner had an interesting comment about that's all hypothetical. But what would the specific charges be? Trump could face potentially incitement to riot, conspiracy, obstruction of justice, among other crimes. Each carries its own potential penalties. And the penalties depend on the severity of the offense and other factors, including what he would ultimately be convicted of in this completely hypothetical scenario we're talking about. Now, of course, just because you're charged doesn't mean you're going to be found guilty. In the interview with Adam Schiff, Jake Tapper asks a good question, which is, OK, you might have the evidence for an indictment, but you have the evidence for a conviction. Those are two dramatically different questions. 
And at the end of the the entire thing is a question I've asked before. Can you find a jury in the United States that will fairly adjudicate Donald Trump? And what I mean by that is, is there really anyone in the US who would say, I am open minded enough about Trump that whatever preconceived notions I have about him and what he did, I will rule based only on the evidence presented in this trial. I don't know that I could do that. I don't know that I could do that because it would be very difficult for me to completely put aside everything that over the last five years and in the couple of years since the riots uh, in the year plus since the riot, almost two years since the riots, I have learned about Donald Trump. So so there is a real question. Can Trump get an actual fair jury trial in the US? That'll be a conversation we have a little bit later. Stephen Bannon had an epic meltdown over Trump's NFT trading card grift. You have to see this video. There are elements in MAGA world that are furious about this NFT launch last week. Trump teasing, I'm going to be making a major announcement tomorrow. And the announcement was that you could buy digital trading cards of scrumps in various outfits looking like a superhero. They should have had Trump on the toilet at 3 a.m. posting to Truth Social Truth Central. or Trump on the view saying if Ivanka weren't my daughter, I would like to date her. Those would be the interesting Trump trading cards. Instead, they were like Trump in a Spider-Man outfit. OK, anyway, Steve Bannon can't believe it. St- Steve Bannon melts down and says, what on who came up with this disastrous idea? Now they're called Trump digital trading cards. Okay, these cards feature some of the I can't do this anymore. (laughs) He's one of the greatest presidents in history, but I got to tell you, that's not true. Whoever, but business partner and anybody in the comms team and anybody in Mar-a-Lago, I love the folks down there, but we're at war. Mm -hmm. They ought to be fired today, right? You came out with something that's so important, which I still don't think gets to the heart of it. And hey, you don't have three harder cores than Cortez, Bannon, and Sub <laughs> so right. when there, and we're getting blown up. All we're the biggest supporters, and this is stupid. They on the Seb, walk me through it. Walk me through your assessment of this, sir. Yeah, never should have happened. I, I mean, so, look, it's fun, it's hyperbolic, but whoever wrote that that pitch should be fired and should never be involved in any. I, I don't want them making. Trump should be fired and never be involved in politics ever again. The the, the presidential napkins for Mar-a-Lago, okay? Anybody who came up with that. And the president's war chest is, is pretty strong right now. Yes, because he claimed he was raising money for 2022 candidates and he kept 80% of it. We've got two years until the actual you know, inauguration. We don't have time to waste. If you want to do this kind of stuff, you know, have 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 a, have a peon do it. Okay, get get somebody who's recognized in the MAGA world to you know put their face to this thing and do it. Yeah, like Seb Gorka or Steve Bannon, right? But the president should not be involved with this when we. Yeah. So this was, you know, MAGA world was pretty split over the stupid digital trading cards. Some of them. Uh, maybe they really liked it, but at least they went along with it and said, this is amazing. Uh, but Bannon and Gorka couldn't do it. Now, the, there's a lot of money laundering questions around it. The idea would be that you could launder money through these NFT trading cards. Someone could potentially buy a whole bunch of these digital trading cards using illicit funds or funds that they would like to really be contributing to Trump's campaign, but they're in excess of the legal limits for those contributions. They could buy a bunch of those cards, and that would be a way to funnel uh, money to Donald Trump. You could also launder money personally by buying a bunch of these cards with illicit funds, then at a later date selling them. And then it potentially might be a way to clean that money for the individual. A couple different ways that you could actually use this to launder, but a c- absolutely pathetic and humiliating uh, uh, decision, which financially may have actually worked out because they're claiming that the trading cards sold out. I, I know it's just all completely bonkers, but they're claiming that they, the grift worked, that they got ninety nine dollars out of enough people, MAGA people. And I'm not going to redo it. But remember, cult members are overwhelmingly likely to continue falling for the stuff the cult leader says. People who get scammed are overwhelmingly likely to be scammed again and again and again. We've spoken about why extensively Uh, won't redo that here, but it seems to be happening. Make sure you're following the David Pakman show on Instagram at David Pakman show. If you would like to see an incredible heartwarming picture 
of me with my daughter taking in the Argentinian men's national team World Cup win yesterday. Check out my personal Instagram at David dot Pacman. It is a it is a picture that will bring a tear to your eye. Her first World Cup and we got the win. It's incredible. We'll take a quick break. I know many of you have said, David, sir, you've got to cover America Fest. Oh, believe me, we're going to get to America Fest after the break. Everything you do online can be tracked by your ISP, by tech platforms, the government, hackers. Everyone should be using a VPN every time you connect to the Internet. You turn it on once you forget about it. It's easy. Many VPNs secretly record your browsing and download history. But our sponsor, Private Internet Access, is the only VPN with the bulletproof commitment to never doing that because they're the only VPN that has proven their no log policy multiple times in court. Their systems are also independently audited by Deloitte to verify no logging. Private Internet access has a next generation server infrastructure with IP addresses in 83 countries and all 50 U.S. states. It's one of the only VPNs fast enough for streaming video and downloading large files. For instance, private Internet access lets me access a bunch of great international soccer I can't otherwise get. VPNs can be very helpful with the upcoming World Cup and private Internet access has a 30 day money back guarantee. 24 seven customer support and my audience gets 82% off. That's just $2 and 11 cents a month plus three months free. Go to piavpncom slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. All right, let's start with America Fest 2022 and Carrie Lake's disgusting rant, which should really serve as a very scary warning to what is potentially to come if these people figure out a way to get more power. Now, fortunately, Carrie Lake lost her Arizona gubernatorial election. And by lost, I mean her opponent, Katie Hobbs, received more votes and thus Katie Hobbs will be governor rather than Carrie Lake. Some people seem to think that's crazy. But to me, it's logical. Katie Hobbs got more votes. So Katie Hobbs is the governor coming in rather than Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake lost, so she doesn't get to be the governor. This is a complicated concept for many of these right wingers. This rant. And by the way, I don't think this Carrie Lake stuff. Carrie Lake is still even though she lost, she ran one election and she lost. She's still being held up as a hero. She got one of the prime speaking times at this uh, America Fest event over the weekend. But I think Obviously, she's not going to become the governor, so they're going to stop interviewing at some point. I think she'll maybe end up on Fox News or something like that. She. I I don't even know where to start. She makes an obscene gesture to the media for being mean to Trump. And one of the funny things is she makes the gesture to the back of the room. I'm pretty sure it was only right wing media covering this thing. Take a look at this. Anybody I know. And these bastards of the media want to drag him through the mud. Okay. And she's making an obscene gesture right now. And the crowd is cheering. Yeah, she's pointing to the back of the room. Um, This is part of the kind of low base politics that we've covered the American right increasingly sliding towards. Well, we on the left want to talk about, hey, you know what? Dental insurance should be included in health insurance. Why is it separate? Or is there a way we can figure out to uh, make a transition off of fossil fuels for home heating more affordable for everybody. These are the types of questions we're concerned with. This is the stuff that the right is doing, which is increasingly just being titillating by swearing or making obscene gestures or making fun of groups of people, usually minority groups of people that are disadvantaged or certainly not in positions of power. Speaking of which, also now very popular to do sort of a little light anti trans rhetoric, no matter what, by stating your pronouns, but then saying something stupid like Carrie Lake says, my pronouns are I won. I know that right now we can identify as anything we want to identify as, but I want you to know that I identify as a proud election denying deplorable. Are you with me? Yeah.
And my pronouns are <laughs> I just saw another red light go off, by the way. And my pronouns are I won. She lost. Her opponent got more votes. That's why she's speaking at America Fest rather than preparing to be the governor of Arizona. So why is this getting so popular, this anti-trans stuff, making fun of pronouns? Why is it becoming so popular among MAGA Trumpists? One reason is that Trump has shown a tendency to be sort of hostile to trans rights. He's made statements and taken actions that are obviously hostile to the trans community, where he ridicules weightlifters and swimmers and does his whole routine and talks about teaching transgender. So the suck ups are going to follow Trump's lead. That's one reason why this is going on. Secondly, um, Trump supporters have been emboldened to express similar views and to adopt the same sentiment. It's kind of like the Kanye anti-Semitism thing, which we talked about at the top of the show. It has an impact and they're feeling emboldened and more comfortable publicly saying they believe this stuff. There's also probably a belief to some degree that if you are aligned with Trumpism on the anti-trans stuff, you're mo you will be able to mobilize your base in other ways. And unfortunately, it seems to be true to some degree. We saw the anti-trans and homophobic stuff very, very strongly front and center at CPAC, and it did seem to coalesce and, and excite people. And it seems like that's more or less what continues to go on. So to the extent that they seem to get a reaction by doing this, they'll continue the pronoun stuff, even if they don't actually understand a damn thing about what's going on in the world of trans and gender, as, as they clearly don't. Um, Carrie Lake also focusing her ire on Dr. Fauci and calling him an elf. We're not going to answer to that evil elf, Dr. Fauci, anymore. Wow. Are you with really powerful to speak out against a retiring 80 something year old doctor who spent 50 years helping people? Me on that. How strong she is. Let's lock that man up fast. Lock him up. Lock him up. We don't need a big cell for that guy. Small one will do. Are they also making fun of Fauci because he's short? Like, I mean, we're, we're getting America Fest making fun of gay people, trans people and short people, I guess. I mean, it's all very, very strange. And then uh, one more of these clips from Carrie Lake uh, talking about burning Maricopa to the ground, I guess, over the election results that she doesn't like because she lost. They are daring us to do something about it. Right. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. They have built a house of cards here in Maricopa County. Whoop. I think they're all wondering what I'm going to do. Yeah. You're going to do nothing, Carrie. You lost. I'll tell you what, I'm not just going to knock that house of cards over. We're going to burn it to the ground. Okay. Unclear if she's threatening criminality there, but this is at least for now someone who's considered exciting, a great speaker, a great motivator of whatever MAGA Trumpism is. And she's very, very dangerous. Now, before we move on to other America Fest stuff, I want to look at one other Carrie Lake event over the weekend. Carrie Lake spoke at a log cabin Republican event, and she said she prefers gay men to straight men. Yeah, it's all bizarre. It's all very, very strange. Uh, log cabin Republicans is a group of gay Republicans. It's we've talked about them before. Um, here is Carrie Lake speaking there, and she is going to explain to us why she prefers gay men. Very strange. And so I walked away from all that. And one of the things that I think some of you, how many of you are in media in some way, shape, or form? Raise your hand. There's a few of you. This is no secret. 80, 90, 100% of the men in media are gay. Okay? And so all of my friends, when I worked in. Did you guys know that? 80, 90, 100% of the men in media are gay. That I did not know that. I have to admit. Media for 30 years were the most amazing, fun, smart, savvy people in the world, gay men. And I was 
the one thing I really was going to miss when I walked away from the media was my gay friends. Right. Turns out I get into politics and I had no idea conservative politics was full of gay men as well. Exactly. They know how to think right. The gay men who are, I guess, on the right know how to think right, whereas the straight men don't. So this is pretty wacky, but it's an opportunity to just kind of revisit why are there log cabin Republicans in the sense that the Republican Party has been varying from implicitly to completely overtly and violently hostile to the LGBT community? Why would there be gay Republicans? And of course, the answers are not unique to to gay folks. Sometimes it's political values, right? You could have gay Republicans that support the Republican Party because they really align with the party on other values. Limited government, when that's what the Republican Party stood for, it doesn't under MAGA. Individual freedom, when it was what the party stood for, it doesn't under MAGA. Being strong on national defense, Trump didn't understand anything about national defense. So it could just be that they say, well, I'm at a disagreement with the party on LGBT issues, but I'm really in agreement on these other things. And that's more important. And then you get some log cabin Republicans, personal beliefs. You could have gay Republicans that support the party because they actually believe in the principles that the party represents aside from LGBT. And uh, there are also I mean, I I hate to bring up Milo Yiannopoulos, but Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos, who used to be gay, now he says he's not. It's very complicated. When he was gay, he said, I'm still a Republican because being gay is bad. I'm gay, but I wish I wasn't is sort of what Milo used to say. And it would be better not to be. So I'm still a Republican. It was kind of weird. And then strategic voting to some degree. I mean, if you're a wealthy gay Republican and you find the Republican position on LGBT issues disgusting, but you're going to save a boatload on taxes under Republicans, you might just say, I'm still going to vote for Republicans. And I just disagree about this other stuff, but it's saving me a whole bunch of money. So that that's another possibility. Carrie Lake, really strange. I guess she likes gay men better than straight men. And she also had one other really wacky thing she said at this event. Carrie Lake. Said while speaking to the log cabin Republicans that Trump is more amazing than her own husband. Have you ever seen someone suck up to this degree? Look at this clip. It's starting to be painful. The degree to which Carrie Lake is, I think, auditioning to be Donald Trump's vice president. Her husband can be thanked later, but really the most amazing man in her life is Trump. Why is she doing this? Is it career advancement? She wants to be Trump's VP or at least Trump's VP running mate, even if they lose, maybe it'll get her some attention, sort of like Sarah Palin had for a while after losing as John McCain's VP in 2008. Maybe is it personal gain? Like she thinks it would help her with something about trying to steal the election in Arizona, which she's trying to do, or maybe it will help her continue to grift money to say stuff like this. My husband is less amazing than Trump. And then, of course, fear based politics might also apply within the Republican Party. Is there fear of reprisal, which is causing Carrie Lake to feel pressure and to continue the uh, show in which she just thanks Trump endlessly for everything? And he's so good and he's so amazing. I don't know what the answer is, but it's starting to get pretty cringy and pretty painful to see. But it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. And any opportunity she gets, she will pray at the altar. She's on her knees for Trump. Jesus, I think, is the way we would put it. After the break, we'll get to other elements of America Fest. We're going to hear a new analysis from Glenn Kirshner and so many other things. Glad you're with us. Friday, December 23, this Friday. Year end membership special. Your first month's payment will be donated to charity that helps people directly with cash and doubled matched dollar for dollar. Make sure you're on my mailing list for this Friday. Sign up at davidpackman.com.
One of our sponsors is Helix Sleep. I have been sleeping on a Helix mattress for years, and I always recommend it to friends. You'd simply take this Helix Sleep quiz. It asks you about your body type, your sleep position, whether you have back pain, and then Helix will match you up with the mattress that is personalized to your needs, and they ship it to you for free. Another reason I went with Helix is that unlike a lot of mattress companies out there, Every single Helix mattress is made in the USA by a skilled production team, which means when you buy a Helix mattress, you are supporting great jobs. I'm not the only one who loves Helix. Helix was recently awarded number one mattress by both GQ and Wired magazine. Every Helix mattress comes with a 10 or 15 year warranty. You can try it 100 nights and send it back for a full refund if you need to support the David Pakman show by getting your next mattress from Helix Sleep, and you'll get up to $350 off any mattress plus two free pillows when you go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman. That's H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Legal expert Glenn Kirshner says that failed former President Donald Trump is potentially facing 25 years in prison based on the potential criminal referrals that he is up against. We are going to listen to him explain it himself. There's a good Newsweek write up about it. Trump may face 25 years in prison and be blocked from future office office. Let's listen. This is Glenn Kirshner on the Joy Reid program on MSNBC. Uh, Remember, nobody here is saying Trump is going to prison. We're talking about based on the crimes Trump may be charged with. What would the potential sentence be? A referral doesn't mean they're prosecuting. They don't have the power to do that. But would such a referral at least have sort of value, even if they can't get get it all the way to closer? It will have value. You know, the Department of Justice prides itself on exercising independent prosecutorial discretion, but they can't turn a blind eye to a co-equal branch of government that has done such an exhaustive investigation when they pass all of that evidence over to DOJ and they recommend criminal investigations and prosecutions. And here's the thing. It's great that they're talking about obstructing official proceedings. That's a 20 year offense. It's great that they're talking about conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States. That's a five year offense. But the important one, Joy, is the one you mentioned insurrection. Why? Because the available sentence, if you're convicted of insurrection, unlike those other charges, is that you shall be prohibited from holding office under the United States. That, quite frankly, is the one I'm rooting for. And of course, it continues to be stunning that not only can Trump run for president, he he is running for president, even though the campaign so far has been a complete and total flop. Now, let's be very real about what I know many of you consider to be the most important question here. Do presidents get indicted in the United States? Could a president get indicted? Why has a president never been indicted in the United States? Let's start the conversation with a reminder that no president has ever done the things Donald Trump did. Put that aside for now, because we want to talk now about historical precedent. To put it in one word, tradition is the reason that presidents have not historically been indicted by the Department of Justice. And what I mean by that is historically out of the principle of executive immunity, which holds the president is not subject to criminal prosecution while serving in office. The DOJ has not pursued charges against a president. And the principle behind that is if you charge a sitting president, you inhibit their ability to do the job of being president of the United States. And if a president worries that what they do might get them indicted while they are president, they might act other than how they believe is in the best interest of the country for fear of a personal prosecution or because of the distraction of a criminal trial. However, after leaving office, there is nothing that would prevent or preclude a president from being investigated, from being potentially charged with crimes and from being prosecuted. Importantly, you also have 
impeachment. Impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors is a completely separate process from criminal prosecution and doesn't require any crime to have been committed. Important to understand that the January 6th committee investigation and potential criminal referrals would not be for impeachable offenses because the House could handle that itself. Trump's out of office. He's already been impeached twice. This is about in their investigative carrying out of their investigative role. The House may come across what are apparent crimes and refer those to the Department of Justice. Tradition is the only reason why historically you have not seen prosecution of a president. Trump is now out of office. We may know within hours whether the House committee says Trump's on the list of people who committed crimes. Here's a criminal referral. We will we may know within hours or a day or two. And then the question will be, what does the DOJ do under Merrick Garland? Merrick Garland has said things like Trump running for president wouldn't get him out of jail. It's not a get out of jail free card. Fine. But he has not expressed that his DOJ actually has the testicular fortitude, for lack of a better term, to really charge Trump. So we will see and we will find out very, very soon. I told you earlier in the show that America Fest held an event over the weekend and it was horrible and dystopian. And we are going to look at a few clips. And really, it reminds me these people are dangerous, but they also are way better than the left at organizing these sort of pump up events. I'm going to start with a clip of Donald Trump Jr. coming out, and I know that it's going to be, you know, it's funny. It's cartoonish. It's like a wrestling intro. It's also a little loud, just as a heads up if you're listening in headphones, but I'm turning it down for us. But make fun of this at your own peril, because this type of stuff works. Here's Donald J. Trump Jr. coming out. There's also pyrotechnics if you're only listening. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm with you that it is hard not to laugh because it's so absurd, but I've spoken so many times before. The right knows how to throw these events, coalesce people. They do multiple CPACs. Turning Point USA does events. They've got America Fest as one of them. They've got the Turning Point Summit, all these different things. This stuff actually does get people engaged. And part of the reason that the youngest voting group, 18 to whatever, isn't even more left skewed is that the right does a way better job of activating and getting people together and the pyrotechnics and the music and the entire thing. The left doesn't have it. The closest thing we had at one point was Net Net Roots Nation, which I used to go to, but no longer do. It's very milk toast. It's very mediocre. A lot of infighting, a lot of like, uh, you know, all the people that actually have success that should be leading sessions. We have political disagreements with them. So we're going to have like it's it's a mess. It's a mess. The right is actually better at this. So eventually Don Jr. spoke. And again, he continues to be obsessed like many of these people obsessed with gender today, pushing for three year old children to be indoctrinated by their purple haired teachers to go through changing permanent sexual reassignment surgeries. And if parents and by the way, the little skips, these are in the source videos. I unfortunately can't do anything about that. Parents want to get involved. They're domestic terrorists. Oh, if parents want to maybe be a part of that conversation, let's be clear. That kid can't buy a pack of cigarettes for another 15 years. It can't vote, although I want them to. Because, of course, they don't know what they're talking about. For another 15 years, but right. they can. T- and we don't know what Junior's talking about. either. And I may not know for another 15 years. They decide to mutilate their bodies permanently to satisfy some insane woke teacher satisfy. What is the deal with that? OK, um, obsessed, obsessed with gender, obsessed with imaginary things that aren't actually happening. And the gender obsession continued. Republican Senator Josh Hawley, a sort of pseudo insurrectionist is the way I would refer to him. He came out and he said, here's an idea, boys, turn off the porn and go talk to a real woman you can give yourself to and pour yourself out to young men. Pour yourself out into a woman. Let me make a suggestion to you. Why don't you turn off the computer and log off the porn and go ask a real woman on a date? Right. How about that? How about it? Just a thought. 
Ask her out. Young men, why don't you be the ones who do the asking? How about America Fest quickly turning into like a pickup artist type conference instead of a right wing political conference? I guess with this pseudo incel group, it's the same thing, but that. don't wait for her. You go ask. Show her a little respect. And then you take her out and you treat her right. How about that? Don't make her cater to your whims. Right. Treat her right. Treat her right. Treat her like she, what she is. Isn't this like a weird thing for a political event? A woman, a person of incredible significance created in the image of God. And you know what? You treat her right. And then one day you do her the honor and show her the respect of asking her to marry you. Yeah. And then you go get married. <laughs> and uh, dating advice with Josh Hawley. America Fest taking a very weird turn. Th there were like incel vibes around the entire thing. Then out came Dennis Prager. And he said sex is terrific. Okay, thanks, Dennis. The greatest need in life after food and shelter is meaning. It is even when sex and sex is terrific, just for the record. Right. There were good blacks and bad blacks. Did you guys know that? There are good blacks and bad blacks. Hmm. There are and bad lesbians. There are good women and bad women. There are good men and bad men. There are good whites and bad whites. Wow. We don't give a damn about whether you're white. We don't give a damn whether you're black. Just like you, you, you brush away your bad breath and you shower away your bad odor, <laughs> you should brush away your bad mood. You owe it to everyone in your life. Men can be lesbians. Are you out of your minds? Yes, they are. We are living in the age of chaos and you know the greatest. All right. So there's Dennis Prager. Very, very messed up video. Um, it's it's just weird because so much of the stuff they talk about is meaningless. Like it helps no one achieve anything or solve any problem. It's totally disconnected from the real world. And then a guy named Benny Johnson got a standing ovation for yelling Fauci for prison. This is the this is the level of what they have going on. Solving the real problems of the world, as you can see. Oh, Dr. Fauci's resigning. How you like that? Let's pass. This is what my boy had to say about Dr. Fauci just in time for Christmas. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my pronouns are prosecute. Fauci, come on! Come on! Oh, Dr. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's America Fest. So if you were hoping to learn what is their legislative agenda for these two years that they will be controlling the House, you didn't get it. If you were hoping to figure out what is the moral framework within which they believe government should <laughs> I can't even say it seriously. Go government should operate. You didn't get that. You got fire Fauci, jail Fauci, prosecute Fauci, Fauci retire. And you got my pronouns are I one and my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. That's basically America Fest. That's what we got. But these events bring people together. They do them for a reason. They do them for a reason. And the left should figure it out. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's my favorite thing. And honestly, it's not my favorite thing. Here's someone who called in with some kind of a message to me. But the show is just cranked in the background, so you can't hear anything. Hi, and baby. Prison in 2023. I believe she's commenting about Kanye, but like her, her voice is quieter than the show. Okay, I, I can't do it. What's funny is I hear myself explaining the big the fundraiser. So unfortunately, she also called right during my fundraising pitch, which is crazy. So let me just mention it one more time. Friday, December 23rd. That's this Friday. We're doing our last membership special of the year. 
You can get a discounted membership. You'll get the bonus show. You'll get the commercial free audio feed, all of it. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. But here's the kicker. In addition to you getting a discounted membership, everyone who signs up Friday with the coupon code is going to see their first membership payment donated by us out to an organization that gives cash to people who need it. And it's going to be doubled. Your contribution will be doubled. So if you get a six dollar a month membership, the six dollars gets donated and then it is matched up to 12, up to the first fifteen thousand dollars. All you need to do for now is get on my mailing list. You can sign up at davidpackman.com. Friday, you'll get an email telling you what to do. It's going to be great. I hope it's really successful on today's bonus show. Speaking of the bonus show, Argentina have won the World Cup for the first time in 36 years. I wore my jersey today. Yes, this will be the last round for the jersey until the next World Cup. Everybody relax. We will talk about it. Uh, We will talk about the insanity also of the World Cup in Qatar Uh, and we'll talk about the next World Cup. We will also talk about an Ohio teacher who told the principal that using the preferred pronouns of students violates her religion. Oh, God, this is happening now. And lastly, guns confiscated at U.S. airports have hit record levels. And it's not only Madison Cawthorn getting caught, it's other people as well. All of those stories and more on today's bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Get instant access. We will see you then.